Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is here outkick 360 across the outkick network with chad withrow and paul garski i'm jonathan hutton uh dan dockage will join us in 20 minutes looking forward to that um paul what did bruce arians have to say when he was asked if antonio brown is going to be allowed back with the team yeah we haven't decided yet we, we <laughs> might decide by the end of the week yeah what, what is this i mean you, how does he not know they know so uh, i don't understand why they, you know you said this at the beginning of the period. Like, <clears throat> if they're going to decide by the end of the period, they know what they're doing now. You're right, right. But the thing there is the old Floyd Reese uh, line. You know, I, I can't make a decision now. Somebody could fall down the stairs and break his neck between now and then, and that would change everything. So I buy that philosophy. You make the decision at the end of the time window because you'd never know what might happen between now and then. Godwin and Evans could get tangled up and break their ankles. Right, and all of a sudden, right. Antonio Brown becomes a necessity no matter what dumb COVID thing, he felony he committed. If, right. I'm, uh, if I'm Mike Evans, I'm not walking in front of Antonio Brown in a stairwell right now, right. <laughs> just in case. But, but that goes back to they've the They've played the point. their game yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's the decision should be, if it's not made, what are you waiting for? Well, I, I mean, it, it goes back to his value to the team. Like if you, you mentioned like if, if someone falls down steps and breaks their neck and they're out, like, well, they have other receivers on the practice squad. I'm sure they could bring up, uh, but Antonio Brown's better. If this were just a, a, an average player, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be on the roster. Right. What now, if he, what if he right? just went brutally honest and just said, yeah. we're awaiting word from Tom on what he wants to do. <laughs> He's well, going to make that, that conversation. I would think if Tom would comes to me and says, we really need this guy. We're, we're going to keep him. We're just waiting on Tom to give us final word. But is Antonio Brown eligible to play in this next game or is he eligible to come off? The it was list three weeks. After I, I think it's one more game, but let me, I'll double check that. I believe it's one more game. At any rate, outside of some mild, not mild, mildly tragic, I was going to say, which is not really a thing. Right. Outside of some accident that changes their depth chart in a substantial way, that, their decision has to be made, right? Light and Arians and Tom have all had to sit down and decide, uh, you know, what, what this guy means to them and what his uh, one more mistake, which is actually a couple more mistakes, have meant and what the team policy is. So just don't say, you know, we still haven't decided. Plus, he made it sound like he wasn't going to talk about him until he was eligible to be reactivated, and here he is talking about him. He's eligible right after this week to return to practice. So he misses one more game, which the Buccaneers will host the Saints this weekend uh, on Sunday Night Football. So she's pull of Rabel and not talk about him until Monday. And then the Bucs will travel to Carolina the following week, and that's the game that's – uh, the day after Christmas, that's the day he can return on the field. But I, he'll be back to practice next Monday. Next think. week, yeah. yeah. Next week. I mean, it, it's going to tell us what kind of spine they have. Because like you said, and you had the quote, but you know they weren't going to put up with any more. 
from him. This is clearly more from him. So have they changed their policy or are they going to stay true to their word? Well, and if they do away, if they release him, don't they release, they'll release the safety as well. You, you would expect it was also suspended, right? Yeah. I don't know that he's, uh, no one's asked about him. Yeah. Right. It's so, kind of like, Hey, I, I cheated the rules over here too, guys. Don't forget about me. Lest we forget. I also had the fake passport. I'm not remembering that he's a particularly prominent piece. Uh, Paul, tell us about the, there, there's a woman who made 28 trades. Yeah, listen to this. What's, what's up with this? I got this out of a Washington Post story. This was a lot of fun for us to discover in the rundown yeah. for today's show. Demi Skipper okay. did something on TikTok called the Trade Me Project. She started off with uh, a bobby pin, maybe a bobby pin and a, and a pair of earrings. And she made 29 trades that included, she traded an Apple TV for Bose wireless headphones. She traded an iPhone 11 Pro Max for a 2008 Dodge Caravan. <laughs> so she's just out there with so, the old barter system? The old system. What, is this a trend that's going around where the people just trade well, items? She saw, yeah, she had an item. Um, <laughs> I'll give you two donkeys well, for that she oxen. She had seen that somebody wants... Uh, traded up all the way to a house. And she decided she wanted to be the second person to trade all the way up to a house. She traded a Chipotle celebrity card, which is basically a year worth of free food if you're willing to eat Chipotle all the time. A.J. Brown would not have taken How does she no. have these things? things to I don't know. For a 40K trailer with solar panels and a Tesla power wall that apparently uses these solar panels. This was her final big chip. Now, there were some Canadian border issues with this thing, with COVID and everything, and it got delayed. <clears throat> but she, she traded free Chipotle for a year for a solar no, no, panel? No, 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 no. I don't know what the direct link okay. was, but th that was in uh, the chain. The way you said it, I thought no. you meant that was the direct trade. Was but that? ultimately, what she got is this 40K trailer, uh, worth 40K. And she traded it for a 750-square-foot home in Clarksville. The housing, <laughs> housing boom apparently so a has trailer? reached Clarksville. She, she traded it for a trailer. 750 square feet? Yeah. And now a sponsor is going to help her, unnamed sponsor, is going to help her remodel this house, which she is then Go to going sell. to trade to somebody for a bobby pin. Oh, my gosh. What? This sounds like something David Reed to, would then do. she's going to try to do it, the whole thing again. Bizarre. I, 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 how do you find these people that will trade you these items on uh, on items. Instagram? Well, you might start on Tradio, our favorite thing. That's I wonder right. if Tradio was involved at all in this. Maybe. Maybe. Marvin Jones uh, with the Jags has talked with reporters about his incident with Urban Meyer. Let me guess. He downplayed it. Um, I think I think his tone is is telling. He says, I will just say this. There was something that was brought to my attention that I didn't like too well. I approached him about it, talking about Urban Meyer. I approached him about it, and we talked, and we handled it like grown men. That's all I have to say about that. And then Jones reportedly wasn't happy with the, the public and private criticism of the receiver group. Um, that, that's, that's what's going around. And they got into it, and it prompted the report last weekend that Jones left the facility and had to be coaxed back in to go to practice. And then to, uh, on top of that original report, it was then reported that when he got to practice and decided to go out to practice that they got into a heated argument out there as well. 
He went on to say, Jones said, uh, we have a lot of conversations, me and Meyer, about this team. I'm the old head. I'm the voice of the locker room saying, I'm going to take things to Urban Meyer if there's an issue. I respect that from Marvin Jones. I respect the way he cleared it up also and not going into details. I think that's very well handled by him. But a guy who initially, we'll talk with Dan Dockage about this, but was getting praise he's for also, storming out of the facility. He's also contradicting what Urban Meyer told Jay Glazer, which is the, the report about him calling his coaching staff effectively losers is true. I think the wording of it was, you guys think you've won, you haven't won anything, which is, ba- which is saying like, what have you ever done in your career that's actually yeah, considered a win? He said he didn't use the word loser. Right, he confirmed that, that, that they had a conversation I, that they I were think reading their resume. Essentially calling them losers yeah. by saying that. Does he not have one guy who was on his staff at, at Florida or Ohio State who won with him? I would think so. Yeah, I'm sure he's got some. that guy's a winner. I mean, he's got Charlie Strong on his staff. He has De- uh, uh, Daryl Bevel on his staff. He's going through the, the coaches that I know are over there. Um, but... This contradicts what he told Jake Glazer, which was that I we did have uh, we got into it as a coaching staff, but the Marvin Jones stuff isn't true. But Marvin Jones is saying, yeah, well, in fact, we did get into it. We handled it like men. <laughs> oh, is that what Urban said? No, we, we got into it. <laughs> yeah, that, that happened. Hey, uh, Auburn has hired a new offensive coordinator, Austin Davis, former NFL quarterback. Oh yeah, who uh, knocked it around for a while. It says he was with the Titans for a time, also. Um, he is the offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator at Auburn. He comes to Auburn from the Seahawks, where he has spent uh, the last three years as quarterbacks coach in Seattle. So he's not calling plays for Brian Harson. He is Brian Harson's handpicked guy, and he got out before Russell Wilson gets yeah, out. Mike Bobo got fired, right? He, I think, one year, one and done with him with Harson, and he's brought in Austin Davis. Played at Southern Miss. I wonder what his connection is to Harson. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. The story I was reading is from AuburnLive.com, and it just said that Harson for a while has targeted Austin Davis as a guy who can help develop quarterbacks in his offensive system. Um, here's a quote from Lane Kiffin that tells you he's not having a good day recruiting. Quote, I just hope the kids get the money that they're promised when they get there. There's a lot of money committed and no contracts. That's what you say if you're, you're not landing re- by people off exactly. exactly. That means you're you're losing the recruiting battle uh, where guys are going and getting paid through NIL and they're not going to Ole Miss to play for Kiffin. That's, that's Lane Kiffin is, I think, a big misconception about Lane Kiffin has always been that he is some dynamic recruiter. He is not. He is a football guy. Yep. He is a football coach. He is an offensive football coach. He is not some charming guy in the living room with someone's family. He's a bit odd in, in social settings. Awkward. Yeah, very, very awkward. Um, he's now, when he was at, at, at Tennessee as a head coach and at USC, he had guys on his staff that were great recruiters, Ed Orgeron uh, being one of them. But he is not known as a, a great recruiter. That's very disappointing for Ole Miss, this class coming off that season. I think I saw that was the fir- this is the first time in school history or maybe in the modern era that Ole Miss has won 10 games in a season, in the regular season. They've won 10 games before, but it took a bowl game to get to it. Yeah. I think it's the first time they've won 10 games, which did not seem right when I read that stat. But well, If you're not translating that, oh well, it, translated, it has to translate it into the portal, right? Well, I, I feel like Eli won. Uh, they won a share of the SEC West and lost in a tiebreaker. Ole Miss is still the – well, Ole Miss and A&M now have never been to Atlanta. 
in an SEC championship game, the only team in the SEC West that has not been to the SEC championship. But I feel like they won 10 games that year with Eli Manning in 2003, I want to say. Maybe not. Chad, the big news in recruiting today is Deion Sanders flipped the number one recruit in the nation, cornerback Travis Hunter uh, out of Suwannee, Georgia. Um, He was committed for, what, two years to Florida State, flips on signing day, and signs with Jackson State. And he's the first five-star recruit uh, to sign with an FCS team since ESPN started their high school rankings back in like 2005. He's the first, and he goes to Dion to play for primetime, playing the corner position for a pro football Hall of Famer. And also reported that he's going to make a million dollars in an NIL deal. For Millions. Barstool. Plural. Millions, plural. Wow. Yes. I just, I still find that hard to believe. At that level. But that's, to me, that's kind of throwing away money. I mean, I don't know what they plan on doing with this kid. He's a corner. It's not like he's a stud quarterback that's going to go put up, you know, Steve McNair at Alcorn State type highlight reels. He's a he's a corner that no one at, at an HBCU or FCS school is going to throw against. Right, that's what I was going to say. At that level. They're going to leave him out just, there and just not throw to him. They'll never throw a ball to that right. side of the field. He'll never have to do anything. How about is he the way to return punts? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he he's uh he's a two-way guy. Like he's he's going to play special teams too and probably get a look at wide receiver. So he took visits to Georgia during his recruiting process. And there were reports that he was going to flip to Georgia. So what he did today is he had these hats in front of him, Florida State, Auburn, and Georgia. And reached behind. Then he no, he um he unbuttoned um a hoodie or something. He unzipped a sweatshirt and it had a t shirt that said believe. And then he had someone that was in the crowd that threw him a Jackson State hat and he put it on. Fancy. And he signed with Dion. And then went crazy. Cool. That's pretty cool. Little sleight of hand. I'm a fan of that. Creative with his announcement. And a bunch of people in the crowd went, where? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, huh? I don't know that logo. I've never seen that logo. Jackson State. Well, Could I mean, you pick out a Jackson I, State I, logo? I'm, still, I'm also still laughing at Lane Kiffin saying, well, I hope they get their money. <laughs> I hope these guys get their money because there's, there are no signed contracts. Oh, that's going to be his interview for National Signing Day. Well, I'd like to begin by saying I hope all these guys, we finish well, second uh, to with get their money that was promised. Today, like that, that schools are going to be elated with their classes, fans, and rightfully so, you're getting new players. But for me, this is it rings hollow on National Signing Day now because – I, what more than half of these players on average are going to enter the transfer portal throughout their college career like they the team that they signed for today may not be that they're not going to get the playing time they want next year and they'll transfer out fairly quickly that's what sucks about signing day now it went from too restrictive to too open yeah but i mean yeah. I, I don't mind it being as open because the coaches are jumping around now you know, it, it, they go wherever they want. They're not committed. They're no program guys. And that's just how this is now across college football and the landscape that we're in. Yeah, and it's still going to be uh, – it's still a pretty small percentage of guys on, a, on the roster that are getting paid through NIL. Oh, yeah. Outwardly. I mean, it's, it's not going to be – I don't know. I, I think the transfer portal is way more damaging than what NIL – all NIL is is now boosters get to pay it over the table and not under the table to the players they want. Paul, the the Washington football team, uh, the NFL said Dan Snyder was held accountable um, 
with the investigation that went into Snyder, but oh, there's a yeah. report out now that he allegedly tried to disrupt the the NFL investigation into his team. Nobody on, can on be surprised surprised by that, and I'm sure the punishment for that will be a five hundred dollar fine. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll have to serve another game without uh, complete ownership of the team or whatever he's stadium. doing. Stadium, yeah, he doesn't so, have the keys to the stadium. He'll have to be escorted in. Right. Yeah. Uh, Washington, by the way, fined ten million um, for highly unprofessional environments within hey, the organization. Did they pass the new rule about the uh, you can interview within the last two weeks of the season? I think they're discussing that. Armando wrote a, a very good column, but th- this is obvious. That, yeah. About the unintended consequence here is you're going to have teams that are looking to fire their coach, firing him early so that you could get this head start window. And so, Chad, you're playing a team that's firing its coach, and you get an interim coach and a team that is dogging it mm-hmm. on the last two weeks. You play that team, you're a playoff hopeful. But I'm the Falcons, so, and I'm a lousy team, but I've already hired my coach last year. And so Hutton gets to play me, the Falcons, who are playing hard for my new coach for the last two weeks. And you're going to the playoffs, and you get to play the team that fired its coach two weeks before the season to get a head start on the coaching uh, search. So who's got a competitive advantage there for the last two weeks of the season? Uneven playing. They're voting today. I don't know when the vote takes place. It's a good point. Will they table this for a year? No, I think it's intended to be tried out this year. Oh, so they'll vote on it today, and then if it passes, we'll see it happen this year. Yeah, this month, in a couple weeks. I wonder, too, I think this also goes for general managers, right? It's not just coaches. I think so, yeah. So, but not having a general manager for the last two weeks of your season doesn't mean much, right? I mean, you're making moves at the back well, of the roster. I, I think it actually benefits teams to go ahead and start. Like, if you want to start by hiring a GM and then hire and your let coach, him hire the coach, go ahead and have those interviews take place at the end of the season and then set that guy up to bring in his coach postseason or yep. whenever you can do the interviews. I, on the on the face, it sounds like a good idea. Then you look at the unintended consequences, yep. how it affects other teams, and it, it's not all good. Coming up, Dan Dockich will join us. Um, unintended consequences of keeping Urban Meyer around in Jacksonville if you're Shad Khan. We'll, we'll ask Dan Dockich, um, who has Urban's back on this, says he should stay in Jacksonville. We'll have the discussion with him as to why and ultimately what he thinks is going to happen and how it's all been handled. That's next on Now Kick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network, which includes Don't At Me with Dan Dockich. Weekday mornings right here across the Outkick network, 8 to 10 o'clock Central Time, 9 to 11 Eastern, and Dan Dockich. Nice enough to join us. The legend. The great Dan Dockage. We're, we're about to add show. him. Even though it says don't at me, we're about to yeah. add him during this interview. Dan, what's up? At me, boys. <laughs> the Husky crushed me on my show the other day. Called me a homer. Called me, I forget what else. I'm ready. Let's do <laughs> well, this. I called you an Urban Meyer apologist and a homer. Yeah. I'm well, surprised, defeated that like that you came here. Dan, I've got to be honest. I, I, I have, uh, I've been on your side with Urban Meyer throughout the season with what you had to say, and then I watched his team play uh, this past Sunday in person, and uh, that was on the heels of everything and all the reports that are coming out. I don't know how this guy sticks around and survives all the turmoil. You do. You believe that Shad Khan really tried to get his guy and is not going to go away from his guy, right? 
Yes and no. I did until I saw what Khan said the other day. I didn't like that. And I'm talking about from a coaching perspective, you know, he's not going to, he's going to take his time. He's always been a patient guy. I know this, they got to pay Urban a lot of money uh, if he is going to go. But, you know, hey, like I used to tell Coach Knight, owners, athletic directors, school presidents, everybody's got an ego. And Khan has to answer for everything that is said in the paper, in the press, in the Twitter. He's got to answer that with his own people. When he goes to a cocktail party, he goes to dinner. So I, I really don't know. I, I would have thought absolutely the dude's doubled them now. I'll say this. I think they have the Jets. Uh, they have the Texans. you got to win a couple of those games. I think winning solves all. But I talked to Urban, and, you know, uh, he, he thinks they got a good thing going with the players, not necessarily with the media. And we'll see. <laughs> but I, he's realistic. He knows, look, this is a wins and loss deal. And if you, if you don't win enough and you've got bad press going, he knows the deal. He knows it very simply. I do too. I I didn't like if I was, uh, and I am I am an urban apologist. So as an urban apologist, I didn't like what the owner had to say. I didn't like it. Dan, do you think that the media is quote unquote out to get Urban Meyer in some way? I think he's on the wrong side of the media, and I and I always say this, you know, and I and I get a lot of coaches back in the day. I was kind of even. Hall of Fame coaches used to call me when they had an issue. I was kind of a fixer kind of guy, and I always said, don't get on the wrong side of the media, and here I am totally on the wrong side of the media myself. But I think he's on the wrong side of the media, and I think when you when you start out on the wrong side of the media with a, the hiring of that guy Doyle from Iowa, fairly or unfairly, whatever it is, uh, I, think, I think the media is very bully-like. I think that the media – we've seen it in Indianapolis, you know, when Carson Wentz – who is very easy to bully, came out and said he wasn't vaccinated. Boy, our media went crazy on him as soon as Darius Leonard, who was very difficult to bully, said the same thing. Everybody shut the hell up. So I think Urban's been on the wrong side of this. I don't know if anybody's really out to get anybody, but I do know this. Once it starts, it does not stop. And as coaches, here's one thing guys always talk about. It's the list. When's the list coming out? When somebody wants you out, they go back 15 years. Well, you know, in 2006, he did this. In 08, he did this. In 12, he did this. So the list is there. Some of it's ridiculous. Some of it, you know, it is what it is. But uh, as I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this. Uh, and I talked to Urban about this. You got to win a few of these games, Jets and Texans. It'd be, it'd be advisable. I'm going to throw this little theory that I concocted. I'm going to throw this at you and, and see what you th- I'm going to at you right now with, with this theory. And I want Paul to, to weigh in on this also. Um, college writers, reporters, media have a reason not to like Urban Meyer if he treated them poorly in college. But what we're seeing with NFL writers, media members with Urban Meyer is what I believe is the NFL media does not like outsiders. And Urban Great. is the ultimate outsider so they see this hot shot guy getting paid a lot of money who won national championships in college come to the nfl i think there's this built-in predisposition to root for him to fail miserably in the nfl i don't think it's a personal thing with urban i think people who cover the nfl or and are in the nfl in that club they don't like college outsiders they don't like outsiders in that club and that's where he's getting the bad end of it well i think urban 
um, to your point, I think Urban is the hot shot guy, right? I mean, and Cliff Kingsbury came from college. Nobody's really said a word. Matt Rule came from college, and nobody's really said a rule. I, everybody, no one said a word, and everybody always tells me, well, you know, Matt Rule was in the NFL. He was like a line coach or something. Who cares? So I don't <laughs> think there's any question. I, I've always thought this with Urban, and I've always thought there's a lot of jealousy relative to Urban, and I'm not exactly sure why. You know, I, I don't, but I certainly agree. I think there is there is all kinds of media. Like, I truly believe this, and I've seen it for myself. The NBA media wants to be part of the NBA lifestyle. They want to hang uh, with the fellas. They want to hang with the rappers. They want to have the glitz and the glam. I've seen it for myself for years. Um, they want to have that access, and it's more personal because you're not wearing, you know, you're not wearing a bucket on your head. Um, I think the NFL media, I don't think there's any question about that. I think every NFL media guy would deny it. I mean, what's somebody going to say? Yeah, you know what? We don't want outsiders. It's always like during the NCAA tournament. I get a kick out of Seth Davis when he says, welcome to the tournament. Hey, that guy had never been in the tournament. Who the hell is he welcoming? His ass is just on television. I mean, he ain't welcoming nobody. His ass wasn't at 6 o'clock practices getting ready. Welcome to the tournament because Seth Davis says it? Shut the hell up. And I, I just think there's all kind of different media, and I think there's no question the NFL media has shown their ass a little bit uh, in terms of their handling of Urban. So I, if I was a local in Jacksonville, I would like Urban Meyer to come in as a new story, if he changed things and was different and had a cool relationship with us, that'd be terrific. If he comes in and gives me more of the same, but acts like he's revolutionary and he, look, here I come, I won at Florida and Ohio state. I'm going to bring my thing in here, turn the world upside down, but I'm also going to win two games and stay in Cincinnati and hire a guy who had big incidents in Iowa and get fined for not understanding OTAs. Then I'm going to say, that's what it turns. Yeah, yeah. you can say whatever you want, but I never <laughs> read where Urban came in and said, hey, I won at Florida. I, I, what Urban did was understand that Jacksonville had been behind the times in terms of nutrition, understood that Jacksonville had been behind the times. That's great. He got him smoothies. Of, win, win a game. Yeah, show me the quarterback get better. Yeah, I mean, that's why he went off on his coaches because the quarterback isn't getting better. Which well, he's, is what the, he's the head coach. He's the head coach. I mean, I know you're all excited, but uh, he didn't just give them smoothies. He changed the entire operation. He got rid of people that were there. He, he set in motion new buildings uh, in place at the place. And, you know, frankly, to a lesser level, he did the same thing at Bowling Green. He came in and held the previous coach, didn't understand that players need buffets. Uh, and you know, just things like that. So he got new and yeah. Okay. He hired a guy that a bunch of guys that had been arrested and kicked off the team at Iowa didn't like, okay. I mean, maybe, and this is an odd thing for media people. I get this. Maybe just maybe he understood what really transpired there. Not what was written about what was transpired there. The thing that I find funny was how people get on him for signing Tim Tebow happens all the time. Happens all the freaking time. I know this in the NBA. I got so many guys tryouts because of relationships that I had with them, whether it was at Indiana or whether it was even at Bowling Green. I got guys tryouts. Happens all the time. But because it's Tebow, we understand that now that's being held against him. Hey, look, hold against him the fact that he's only doubled the win total. He hasn't quadrupled it yet. Hold it against him that he's actually gotten on the ass of his coaches who have, I think, shown to be incompetent and had a regression when you look at Trevor Lawrence. Hold him 
uh, responsible because some goof, there was only five guys in the room, and one of them who had been in the NFL a number of times at a number of places, and he admitted bad hire, um, hold him accountable for going in there and ripping coach's ass, I guess, if you want. But the truth of the matter is, it's kind of what you're supposed to do as a coach. Now, it all don't matter if he continues to lose. If you win, let's say he wins the next two of the next four, whatever he's got, then he's won four times the game that they've won. I don't know. You keep him, you don't keep him. Not my decision. I hope they do. If they're smart, they will. My, my last thoughts on the matter, like – if he's bringing in the Iowa guy and he's got a real story about what really happened, then he's obligated to massage that story and present it, which is not what to he who? did to, to, to justify to his owner who ultimately didn't seem to know what was going on to the no, market, to the market that he's bringing he him into in a way that he, he didn't have to fire him two days later, Dan, if he wants to yeah, bring well, him in, they, he's got a massage. They, they gave in there. They, they, I look, if that's the biggest he complaint caved. that he hired the wrong weight coach back in the summer, then God bless him. And, I mean, and, you know, and if he's chewing he's a bad guy. He's and, a bad, hey, look, he's a bad guy for hiring the weight coach that the media didn't like. I'm not defending the weight coach. I'm yeah. not defending anybody. Right. I'll, also, chewing, I'll also say, Paul, but Paul the, only way, the only way that he could defend the hire is to call the kids at Iowa liars. Well, if he's so he's not going to win. He's not going to win in that in, in Look, public I, opinion with that either. If he's chewing he out all his set. other coaches, he's the guy that hired all those other coaches. And, right. and my last point is, no my last question. point is, if I brought you somebody else that was touting a guy for doubling a win total when that win total was one, you'd laugh me out of the room. Uh, not when they lost 16 straight the previous year. I, I, I look, I think it's hard to he win. He didn't go from I, 20 I to 40 it. here, Dan. He's not going from 20 to 40. Got, you win. I mean, you're talking over me, so you win. Paul. <laughs> I, 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 well, I know you're all excited, so I, I can tell this is like a personal thing to you. This isn't personal to me. As I told Urban the other day, hey, man, you don't understand. <clears throat> they fire you. It's the best thing ever happened to you. You get paid a ton of money. You go back and you're the best on TV. You were before you left. So, I mean, I, I can tell this is more personal for you than it is for me. Here's the bottom line. As a coach, I understand it is difficult to win. And everybody that I've ever talked to in the NFL will tell you, my God, is it hard to win. Hey, I'd rather double the win total than keep the win total at the same. I'd rather win one game, two games, uh, than lose 16 in a row. And as a coach, what you look at is, damn, I when are we going to win the next game? We were number one in the country at Indiana. Coach Knight used to always ask me, you think we can win another game? That's how coaches look at it. I'm not saying, hey, look, he hadn't turned it upside down, obviously. And winning is the great panacea. But the truth of the matter is he has taken over an operation that has been woefully bad, pretty much a joke in the NFL, a team that lost 16 in a row. Uh, they're not playing great. They need to play great. And frankly, if they don't play great, Probably going to be fired. I mean, look, I, that's no different than anybody else's job. The only difference is, is that, you know what? Uh, he's more public. You don't have great ratings, you get fired. You don't have great advertisers, you get fired. You go into a situation in one of the tall buildings, downtown Nashville or downtown Indy, and you don't produce, you get fired. I mean, hey, it is what it is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I hope they keep him. At the end of the day, I hope he wins a couple here. Uh but if he doesn't, still my friend, still going to love him. 
and uh, still have a great time every time I get to see him. Or if you're like Dan Dockich and Outkick 360, the, the ratings mean you get hired elsewhere, number one and number two in the country. That's as we're right. talking with yes. Dan Dockich here, you can follow him yeah. on Twitter. Don't at me, uh, at Dan Dockich. Hey, how did, you, how did you hit it off with Urban Meyer, the person? Because no one does that. I mean, yeah, no that, one seems to like him. You, you got a side out of him that not many people get yeah. out of him, which is pretty remarkable. Take us back to day when, one of the uh, relationship. <laughs> when I came, when he came to Bowling Green on his, you know, visit to be the head coach, the, the staff always had me meet with all the guys. And about two minutes in, uh, I could tell that, you know, this was the guy. And I and I told the AD, I go, you need to stop all these other guys. This is your guy. And they hired him. The first day he's on campus, he actually bought the house behind ours. And when I was having a baseball game with my kids and neighbor kids, and I was batting and I hit a bullet uh, and it hit off of their roof. And as they were moving in, I hit it right into him and I think it hit him. And I go, Hey man, are you playing or what? What are you doing? Long story short. Uh, he came over. We, he asked me about LeBron James. Actually, he was a wide receivers coach at uh, Notre Dame. He goes, Hey, is this LeBron James kid legit? Like as a basketball player, he goes, all I know is he's the best wide receiver in the country. And I started laughing. I go, legit. I go, the dude's driving a Hummer to high school. <laughs> I go, you know, you know, so we started talking and, you know, just two young guys that were ripping ass. I mean, I was ripping ass every day, killing, you know, screaming, yelling. He was ripping ass every day, screaming, yelling. Our wives got to know each other. Kids had sleepovers. Uh, we'd have beers and cookouts and, you know, uh, and he's and like, I always say, like, um, you can tell your friends who your friends are when you go through struggles. And when I left Bowling Green, he was the one dude, and he was the hot guy, right? I think he might have been undefeated at Utah. But, man, that dude called me all of the time to see how I was. And uh, we've always just – it's not like I see him every day. It's not like I see him every year. I mean, he'll call me, call me this week just to talk, and we'll just, you know. He goes, hey, man, when he was in Florida, he's like, dude, dude, make me laugh. Say something cra- – and." We just start laughing and, you know, be, we're the same age, same experiences. And uh, he loved hearing Bobby Knight's stories. So, you know, you would like him. I'm, I swear to God, I told Clay this, you know, he loves Clay. He loves outkick and all that. And, you know, I told Clay, I go, I know, you know, he and his wife think we all at outkick, you all at outkick, rip him. I go, but he loves it. He, he wants to co-host the show with me if this ever goes south so maybe it's gonna happen sooner than later i, I, would, I don't know i would watch that show there, there's no doubt about it know. um no love lost with you and kelvin sampson based on uh, your your twitter feed with the incident at the end of the oh. alabama game and then dan i saw you go all in on nate oates after that with his part in it there was the big brouhaha after the game with the officials i do want to give a, a shout out to jamal sheed of houston who stayed back and cleaned up after the players and coaches trash the court uh he was back there cleaning out everything that they knocked over in the trash can which is really cool to see but what did you think of the the episode with kelvin well, sampson and the other end with nate oates in that well kelvin kelvin sampson lost his mind and that's fine uh i worked for kelvin i know he's a fraud his son you know trashed everything he threw garbage cans all that kind of stuff and that's great but here's my problem there are three things in sports i dislike one Frank Kaminsky last year punking out uh, with Jimmy Butler in the playoffs when he should have defended his teammate. Like, I weighed no pounds, but I'd throw hands if somebody was going to fight my teammate. Uh, two, 
I couldn't stand this Jordan Bohannon kid who's a player at Iowa in a bar arguing with a guy and videotaping it. Now he got punched. <laughs> he got punched out, which I don't really recommend. And the third <laughs> thing, and this happens all the time, the handshake line sucks. It shouldn't be there. What are we little kids with a mom at the end with a freaking uh, you know, Kool-Aid and a and a uh a concession stand card. I hate the shake, but coaches do this. So Samson's losing his mind. He and his crew are going crazy. And Oates, complete punk move. He stands there and he just sticks his hand out. Nobody's there to shake it. He's just being a little victim. It's a punk move, and every coach knows it's a punk move. It's a look at me. Uh, I'm a victim. I'm just trying to shake hands. The thing that I always said in our coaches' meetings was this. If you're going to beat me by 100, I ain't complaining. Don't complain if I beat you by 100. If I'm going nuts after a game, hey, man, we'll shake hands in the hallway after. And if you're going nuts after a game on an official, I'll be your biggest offender. I hate the punk move of standing there. And there's a great picture of it with his hand out. Nobody's there because they've all lost their freaking mind, Samson and his staff. <laughs> I thought it was a punk move. Uh Probably shouldn't put that out on Twitter, but you know what? I was feeling saucy that day. So the hell with it. You did put out on Twitter that you're not a fan of Sam Mellinger, who's leaving the Kansas City Star to go to the Kansas City yeah. Royals. What's the background there? Well, Sam, I don't know Sam. I, I, I but I'm like MJ. I'm like Michael Jordan, and I'm not like Michael Jordan. I'm not like Michael Jordan in that I pay my bets. He all, he owes me six grand. I've told you guys that story uh, yeah. before. Yep. Yeah. But I am like Michael Jordan in that I never forget. And this guy, Mellinger, I don't know, a few years ago, uh, puts out how bad it was for Mike Tirico to have to work with me. And I'm thinking to myself, screw you. It was unsolicited. I never met this clown. So I sent him a tweet back and said, I think you're right. But Mike seems to like working with me. I've not had respect for the guy ever since then. I'm just a guy doing a job, and some punk-ass reporter in the middle of nowhere is going to give me hell. Look, I said the Royals got worse. I'm not sure they can get worse. Swanee, who used to be their PR guy, Mike, I think it's Mike Swanson, great dude. I've worked with him. This guy acted like an ass. I waited, I waited, I waited. I saw my opportunity. And I got everybody in the media and everybody in Kansas City mad at me. To hell with them. I tell you this, Kansas City uh, needs to sack the hell up. All they talk <laughs> about is species and doing things that are, to myself uh, that are anatomically impossible. And so they can, they can go blank themselves, in my opinion. Dan <laughs> Dockage, don't at him. Good exit. Don't at was, me with Dan well Dockage. Is, I enjoyed this appearance today, Dan. Yeah, this, this is, is outstanding. Uh, Brought tell, up the energy level. Tell Herb he's welcome to come on the show with you We'd next week if he'd like to for a therapy session. Hey, he'll be on. He's going to sit right next to Paul. And Paul, I swear to God, <laughs> you know, it's like with me. You can say anything you want to us. He, he might don't get hurt. I love it. He it's might speak. Like he plot. might speak or he might give us a vacant stare like he did at <laughs> Nissan Stadium for three Maybe hours. Maybe he'll shake my hand this time. <laughs> so you guys don't take it personal. I swear. Don't take it personal. Sometimes. Sometimes you're just thinking. What's he's not, just doing some thinking. Oh, yeah. He's doing some thinking. He's thinking about how they love might score thinking. a point if they had six overtimes. Dan, you're the man. Double. You're I the man. Every coach would double. I wish every coach would double the win total of their team. Nobody's ever been more excited about the number two. 
Hey, we we, uh, we look forward to uh, don't at me. Yeah, uh, and you got, I'll be there tomorrow morning. We're going to be on the show Eastern from every time day. to time as well. We love coming on. Quality Thank you for program. coming on this show as well. We appreciate you, man. You guys are awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks, Paul, for best. coming on. Yeah, happy to. Before. Happy to. See Dan Dockage, the great Dan Dockage, brings the energy. He made a lot of good points, but doubling, <laughs> but doubling a win total from one to two is not getting me excited. We take a look at the good teams in the NFL when we return in the Week 15 slate. We look ahead to some of the top matchups coming up this weekend, starting tomorrow, and then there's games on Saturday. This is Outkick 360. NFL Week 15 is upon us, starting tomorrow. Chiefs and Chargers on Thursday night football. Go Chargers. That is quite the matchup for Thursday night. Um, and uh, that's not the only good matchup of the week. There are actually two Saturday games as well. One of them would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, you're right about that. Uh, Raiders and Browns. Uh, the Browns down 17 players as of right now on the COVID-19 list. Uh, Raiders will travel to Cleveland. That's uh, this Saturday at 3.30. Has it's, that game been taken off, the Browns game, with all the, the guys out? I no. I'm, I'm curious if it's uh, available to No, it, in fact, it, it flipped. It, it was, the Browns were favored by six and a half. The Raiders are now favored by one or two points, based on the news here. Uh, and that includes Baker Mayfield, uh, Jarvis Landry, and others. Um, and then the, the nightcap is a doubleheader on Saturday. Patriots at the Colts which is also ah, a, a very game, good game where based on the outcome of this weekend of that game, the Titans will either have a chance to clinch the AFC South on Sunday with a win over Pittsburgh or with a win over Pittsburgh and a Colts win on Saturday night, they'll have the chance to be the number one seed going into week 16 because the Patriots would have lost a game in this scenario. Other matchups, Titans Steelers is a really good game. Um, the Bills will try to rebound after a couple of losses, um, tough losses. They're at seven and six. They're hosting Carolina. That is a must win. Yes, that's a must win for Buffalo. Um, and then the Eagles in Washington, Philadelphia coming off a bye week, hosting Washington, who lost a big matchup last week to Dallas. And we mentioned Washington's closing the season all in the division. That is a huge matchup as well for Philly, hosting Washington. The team that was red hot, cooled off by Dallas, and now Philly's trying to work their way into the final wild card. Not spot. good teams, but good stakes. Yes, and um, you know, head to head, obviously important division. Washington's one and one. Philadelphia's zero and two. So um, you know, important there. Ravens hosting Green Bay, the Packers. I would think you. That's your thir- that's your three twenty five game on Sunday, Chad. I love that three twenty five game. Hutton knows I'm a sucker for that three twenty five national game. I don't see how the Ravens win that one unless uh, Green Bay makes a ton of mistakes. I, well, Lamar Jackson, Lamar's ankles messed yeah. up. He's not going to be mobile. It's interesting. You got Lamar, and then you have uh, you have Aaron Rodgers, who says he he re aggravated the toe even worse with everything that's going on with uh, his foot injury. I'm surprised the degree to which he's talking about that toe. I don't know why. It's bugging me. <laughs> it's just very open. You're, so it's bugging you that a player's no. telling you about an injury? I, I like, of all I the like, people to have a problem with no, someone being transparent I, about I an injury. I understand. I like that he's being transparent about the injury, but the way he's talking about it, it's like he's doing it to stick it to 
to the Packers. It's more of this drama with he and management, I feel like. And I I swore off of him this summer yeah. over his drama with management. So I'm being consistent on that. This is also, though, where you normally would look into the camera and, see, and say something like, see Vrabel, see how easy it is to just to be transparent on an injury and uh, the guy goes about his day and plays in a game? And by the way, Roger Saffold <laughs> was. Uh, oh, was I'm he? sure Vrabel had a fit. Roger Saffold went on our old station, uh, 104.5 in Nashville, and talked very openly about his shoulder. He said he stayed in four plays longer than uh, after he kind of lost feeling in it and it went tingly, and then he knew he couldn't go anymore, and it just kind of comes and goes, which doesn't sound very great that, for no. the chances for him to continue no, to make not. it through games. Coming up, headlines including National Signing Day for the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll get into the Steelers and Titans matchup as well on OutKick 360 from 6th and Peabody.